This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, April 28th. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. The pick has been made, and it is Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of the University of Southern California. He beefs up a wide receiving core with Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, but more importantly, fills the role that Adam Thielen held the year before. Obviously, you're not going to replace Adam Thielen. Uh, I mean, he's just been a very productive wide receiver for years and years and years. Caught a lot of balls last year for Minnesota. Uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, it speaks for itself. Addison is taken with the number 23 selection. The Vikings did not trade up for a quarterback, uh, which... I didn't really think, here's the thing, I thought it was in the realm of possibility they could do it, but like in the likelihood that they actually would have, I still thought it was pretty low. It would have been very exciting, it would have been flashy, it would have made a splash, but the Vikings sitting pat at 23 and taking a wide receiver, completely fine. They also could have traded down, and they could have traded out of the first round to get a few more draft picks. They only have five more draft picks, I believe, uh, throughout the next six rounds, so... They're going to have to figure some things out in that regard. But uh, they just figured, hey, we know we have a guy right here who we want in Jordan Addison. There were three wide receivers taken in the three picks. So it was there were no wide receivers taken at all up until pick 20. And it was wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then the Vikings got there and they're like, well, we need a wide receiver. Why bother trading out of it? Because they're running right now. Like everybody's taking wide receivers and everybody wants to make sure if they need one, they get one. And if we don't get one now, then we're not going to get the high talented first round type wide receivers. Jordan Addison comes in and again, helps replace Adam Thielen. Uh, I like the pick. I really do. Jordan Addison, he's not a blazer. He's not a burner. He's not going to run straight down the field, put his arm up Randy Moss style and catch passes. But what he is good at, think of like a, a Stefan Diggs maybe is the right archetype. He's not a tall, not a bulky wide receiver, but he's really shifty. He's really good technically. And I think in terms of wide receivers, don't let you know how big they are or how fast they run fool you the really good wide receivers in the NFL are the ones that have really good technique and Jordan Addison has really good technique he can run really great routes in college football the rankings that they use says he's one of the best f- receivers in football last year at creating separation from opposing cornerbacks so a big get for the Vikings team that outside of Justin Jefferson did not do a great job in creating separation last year. And I'm even including Thielen in that. So a young wide receiver into the mix and a talented one. The Vikings are going to extend Justin Jefferson. Outside of that, KJ Osborne can be a free agent after this season. So, hey, you got to make sure that you have some guys in here for the long haul. And again, the Vikings didn't pick a quarterback and as fun as that would have been if they would have traded all the way up to number three to go get Anthony Richardson, uh, that wasn't going to happen. They just were going to give up too much, and they weren't willing to do that, and that's smart. And especially because Richardson is a guy I like as a quarterback, but you're not willing to go up all the way 20-some picks, as we talked about with Ian Rivers on the morning sports desk yesterday. Go check that out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, along with WadenaRadio.com. But... Uh, it's just a lot to go get him. And the Colts took him at four. 
So was it it wouldn't I don't think it would have been worth it to go that far up to get him. So the Viking once the quarterbacks were gone, there was no reason the Vikings were going to trade up. So it was just a matter of time to see who's on the board at 23. The Vikings could have went corner back and taken Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland. I would not have been upset with that pick either. The Vikings need corners. Uh, Brian Flores is the new defensive coordinator. Get him a guy to help out the defense, and the Vikings' defense was the worst in football last year. So, yeah, it's be pretty important to get a corner into the mix and try and stop uh, the passing attacks of opposing uh, offenses. But uh, I think when you look at it, you become marginally better on defense, and one corner isn't going in his rookie season isn't necessarily going to make or break your defense in year one. So if you look at it from that perspective, is it better to load up on offense and kind of shoestring along the defense, or is it better to take a step back on offense because you lose Thielen and then to? Uh, to get slightly better on defense that's already one of the bottom in the league. I don't know what the 100% right approach is, but I do agree with what the Vikings uh, did on draft night. But here's Kevin O'Connell with what he had to say on Jordan Addison. It was a need for us, um, obviously, with a, a departure of a great player like Adam Thielen. Um, so we wanted to make sure if a true impact player at that position um, was available at, at our pick, uh, that we were prepared for it. We did a lot of work uh, on that group and, and, and felt like Jordan Addison uh, was one of the premier players at that position available. And it, and There's Kevin O'Connell talking about Jordan Addison and the impact he brings. Now, every coach is going to say, you know, he fell right into our laps. This is the guy we wanted. You know, nobody's ever going to say, oh, boy. We did not get the player we wanted, and we're stuck with this guy, and I don't know if he's going to be any good. They're not going to say that, but I, I think when you look at the wide receivers in this draft, I think there's a couple that would have been okay to take the one out of Ohio State, the one out of Texas Christian University, but wide receivers, good pick because, and the Vikings don't have a second round pick. There's still plenty of corner backs available if they want to trade up into the second round. Remember, the Vikings do not have a second round pick because they traded theirs to Detroit for TJ Hawkinson would do the trade 10 times out of 10, but in the immediate moment of today, they're probably going to have to move up into the second round. If they want to get one of those corners, if they do want to get a quarterback, whether it be drafting one in the second or third rounds, whether it be trading for Trey Lance from Marshall, Minnesota, NDSU currently on the San Francisco 49ers roster. If they want to do any of that uh, and bring in a quarterback for next season with Kirk cousins on the final year of his contract, uh, it's a great situation to bring a young quarterback into because there's Justin Jefferson, there's Jordan Addison, there's TJ Hawkinson, and the Vikings offensive line I know is not good in the middle, but the tackles of Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill are elite and probably the best tackle combination in football. So you have two bookend tackles for the offensive line. You have two really great wide receivers and a top 10 tight end. It's a really great environment for a new quarterback to come into beyond Kirk Cousins. And even in the short term for Kirk Cousins to give him another weapon to keep adding on to this offense and add a new wrinkle uh, definitely will be advantageous for him in what looks to be his final year in Minnesota as well. Now, we're not going to gauge the entire draft off of one pick, so if you wanted them to go defense and you're upset about that, let's see how rounds 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 play out. I'd assume the Vikings now pretty much just load up on defense other than maybe taking like 
a developmental offensive lineman. I don't see them taking tight ends or wide receivers or even a running back. Uh, It depends on what the Dalvin Cook situation brings or Daniil Hunter or Zadarius Smith. Those guys are all holding out a mini camp and could be traded, but I'm going to go probably not on all of them. All right, let's change gears to baseball, where the Twins had themselves a pretty great night. And in the middle innings, Twins fans were lighting up the buck truck. Checks the runner to curve. Swung on, headed to right center field. Fairly well, that ball's not going to be caught. That's out of here! An opposite field, three-run homer for Byron Buxton. And the Twins now lead 6-1. to one. Byron Buxton's home run broke the game open in the middle innings. And then right after Byron Buxton, they added on. There's a curveball hit into center field fairly well. That ball's not going to get back. That's out of here. Perea. Oh, center field is third of the year. 7-1 Minnesota. Yeah, the Twins beat the Royals by a score of 7-1. to They jumped on Grinky and they got the win. And Twins, uh, they're beating up on the Royals. The Kansas City Royals have one of the worst teams in baseball this year. They are not going to be good. Uh, their run differential, meaning the runs that they've given up, versus the runs that they've scored throughout the season is negative 39. It is the second worst in baseball. I got to laugh, though. Oakland's is negative 114. It's bad. <laughs> There's nothing nothing good to say about Oakland uh, right now. But Kansas City's uh, not quite as bad, but still terrible. And the Twins should win three out of four this weekend. I mean, at the very, I mean, at the very least, they should not split with Kansas City, especially when you consider the pitchers that they have coming up with Pablo Lopez pitching today and then Sonny Gray on Saturday and Joe Ryan on Sunday to round out the series. That's the Twins' top three starters in this series. They should win. And Kansas City, uh, they're just not good. Uh, their lineup's not great. Uh, their pitching staff's not great. They can't play defense. But other than that, uh, maybe they got a shot. Uh, I say that, and I'll probably jinx the Twins. So I guess if they lose the next three games, you can you can come throw me off uh, out of the radio station. Uh, but either way, uh, the Twins have built some momentum here, and they have a nice little stretch in their schedule. So they're playing the Kansas City Royals, and then they go on a road trip, staying with the AL Central. They go to the White Sox for three games, and then they go to the Guardians for three games. Now, every team in the American League Central outside of the Minnesota Twins has a losing record. So the Twins have a real opportunity here against some divisional opponents, but also some not-so-great opponents or opponents who aren't playing as well right now to take advantage and really beef up their win total a little bit here. Even when they come back home in the second week of May, they're taking on the San Diego Padres, who are scuffling a little bit to start the season. And then you have the Chicago Cubs, who are actually playing pretty good baseball. But throughout the this Last weekend of April and the first couple weeks of May, the Twins have a really great opportunity to establish themselves. Now, they've already shown in a couple series against the Yankees, both times against the Astros, that, hey, they can compete with some of the higher-end teams in the American League. So that's a positive sign. Now they are now they need to win against some lower-level competition. They didn't quite do it against Miami. They didn't quite do it against Washington or Boston, but they have an opportunity to do it in the next couple weeks and really help out that win total 
this year. Also, just again, Byron Buxton bombs are awesome. Carlos Correa starting to hit the ball a little bit better over the last couple weeks, taking some walks, seeing the ball a little bit more. Uh, so he's turning it around. Uh, and, you know, Max Kepler, we rip on the guy, but he's a league average player for a reason. And league average can sometimes mean bad. League average can sometimes mean, eh, yeah, he's all right. He'll come through for you every once in a while. And Max Kepler has been hitting the ball well over the last couple weeks. So I'd like to say that I uh, uh, jinxed or bullied Max Kepler into hitting well or whatever term you want to use. So Twins play this afternoon. It's a three o'clock pregame and a 3.30 start time and an odd start time for a Friday game in late April, but that game could very well be pushed back, though, considering uh, considering the weather today and especially downtown Minneapolis. So uh, just keep an eye on that, and of course you can listen on 101.7 FM and AM 920 KWAD. The Minnesota Wild are competing tonight against the Dallas Stars in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup playoffs at the XL Energy Center tonight. If the Wild win, Game 7 will be played in Dallas on Sunday. Puck drop is set for 8.50 p.m. Why such late start times? I beg you, please stop. I want to go to bed. Uh, but I also want to watch some of these games. Uh, so it's a real conundrum for me, really. But, I mean, the the Wild have to do something here. Their backs are against the wall. It sounds like they're going to make some aggressive changes with their lines and with their kind of who's on the ice at the same time, trying to shuffle things up, throw everybody off pace a little bit. But that's really not the big issue. The big issue for the Wild is they have to stay clean. They cannot give the Stars power play opportunities because more often than not, Dallas has made them pay routinely. And the Minnesota Timberwolves yesterday finished up their uh, exit interviews, as they're called, through the season. Uh, Tim Connolly mentioned uh, the coaching staff is safe, everybody's safe, and at the moment kind of said that they're planning to go full steam ahead with the core that they have, which means Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. Of course, Nas Reed becomes a free agent, so that'll be a big question mark for the Wolves in free agency. But I think, you know, the red meat would be to fire Chris Finch and, you know, send a message and do all that kind of stuff. But I think the Wolves have no intention of really doing that. One, considering Chris Finch is still highly paid by the Timberwolves, he just signed an extension last year. And also, they'll say Carl Anthony Towns was hurt throughout most of the year. It was only year one with Rudy Gobert. Ant's going to take another step up. Like, there's all these factors that they're going to say uh, will be different. And will it actually be different? I don't know. Or maybe they're just lying to us and there's actually a big trade that's going to be in the works in the next few months. But it's wait and see time. We can forget about the Timberwolves for a little bit as well. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, April 28th.